Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. I have a really fun interview for you today, but before we jump into it, we get very graphic. So we use some graphic language and talk about some graphic sexual acts. So if you put this on without thinking and there are little ears in the car, I recommend that you go ahead and turn it off and then listen at a time when that's not an issue. Today's interview is with Freya Dorden. She was actually in the podcast back on episode 126 about sex and communication. And then recently I was on her podcast that she just started called Nighttime Conversations with Freya and Steve. I was on two episodes of theirs and it's always so wonderful to talk to her that I was like, why don't you come on mine again? You know, I'd really love to hear more about erotic hypnosis. Now, she defines what that is, but I'm just going to give you a preview of what we talk about. We start off with low libido and how to stoke it, increasing your excitement in your sexual relationship. We talk about enhancing sexual acts. So perhaps something you don't particularly like to do or have done to you can become something that actually gives you pleasure. So that's um, that has a lot of potential. We also discuss enhancing and experiencing fantasy safely and tuning into the different parts of yourself. So hopefully you'll enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Let's jump in. Peace. Hi, Freya. Welcome back to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, I'm excited about our conversation today. I have let the listeners know that I was recently on your podcast, The Conversations with Stephen Freya, mm-hmm. that hosted on this, the Sensualist website. And it was such a great conversation that I was like, yeah, come on mine and let's talk about erotic hypnosis, like how hypnosis can help you during sex and with sex. Yeah, this is such a fun conversation. And of course, um, my pet subject. Yes, absolutely. So- I'm going to start off with a question about what is erotic hypnosis for people? Uh, Now, it's defined differently by different people, but the way that I use it or the way that I would define it or categorize it is hypnosis that is used specifically to enhance your erotic life. So um, rather than, say, therapeutic hypnosis, even if therapeutic hypnosis is about Mm -hmm. sex, overcoming a past trauma or something like this, this is more well, how do I enhance my sex life? How do I feel more pleasure or feel more excitement? Because those are two different things, pleasure and Mm -hmm. excitement. And how do I spice things up? Okay, fantastic. All right. So therapeutic hypnosis is more about overcoming problems, you would say, that you're having. I mean, obviously, overcoming all kinds of problems. But when we're talking about the context of sex, overcoming sexual problems. 
Yeah, I would say it's more like therapeutic stuff. It's remedial. It gets you into a good space. Um, it can even teach you how to enjoy uh, sex, mm -hmm. but erotic hypnosis takes it a step further. And it's where you start really enhancing the things that you are experiencing or um, having completely new experiences. Okay. So what category would you put lack of libido or sex drive into you? I would actually put that more in the remedial one. Okay. Ex except, for example, um, the, there can be physical causes of a low libido. Mm -hmm. And with, with that, I have no information. You know, what's their situation? How long have they, are they even partnered? How long have they been partnered? What is their sex like? Mm -hmm. um, because I think like libido is not really the major driving force of why people have sex. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just kind of the, the base level, how horny am I? You know, if you're focused on stressful things in life and you're busy and um, got lots going on, lots on your mind, your libido can completely flatline. Mm -hmm. And if you give yourself uh, permission and erotic stimulation, and that doesn't mean physical stimulation necessarily. I mean, your mind, you give your mind erotic stimulation, your libido can go through the roof. Mm -hmm. So starting outside of the bedroom. You're saying, yeah, yeah, De oh, oh, definitely. And it's not like you need a libido to enjoy phenomenal sex. You just have to be able to get into the zone, into what I call the sex trance, mm -hmm. and then do the things that feel good to get you going. But if you want to get going outside of the bedroom and be horny uh, when you're not having sex, which is a great feeling actually to go through the world, kind of feeling playful and feeling juicy and and inspired, then you have to get your mind engaged. And a lot of people are kind of lazy that way. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by lazy? <laughs> I mean, they don't take the initiative. They're looking for something outside of themselves to do it for them. Oh, okay. And like porn or erotica well, or... No, not so much porn. I just mean... Okay, so for example... Biologically speaking, the way that we can, the way that we enter the construct of a monogamous relationship mm -hmm. and family is not conducive to our sex drives, right? As, yeah. Particularly, particularly as women, it's just not. So we're not going to go through a busy day-to-day -day life um, with a routine, doing the same thing day in day out with the same partner, um, and have a raging libido unless you're doing something to stoke that fire. Okay. But but when people when people's libidos drop as it does naturally after you've gone through that first initial phase of insanity uh -huh. Love crack, <laughs> and, and, right? chemi uh -huh. and and chemical deliciousness in a relationship after that you need to do something to stoke it. And that could mean um, erotic fantasy. Mm -hmm. Like men usually don't have much of a problem because they're used to thinking about things in that way. So they'll move through the world and they will stoke their own imaginations mm -hmm. using fantasy and using objectification of um, women. And what that does, it's like a cheerleader for their penis and for their libido. Mm -hmm. And um, often women don't do that. Now, when men hit low libido, uh, I will... It's not erotic hypnosis that I use on them, but I teach them male sexual energy cultivation. And we actually touched on that. I don't know if it was our last conversation or if it was when you were on my show, but we talked about mentak chia and cultivating male sexual energy and the Taoist mm -hmm. stuff. 
So if it's a male who has low libido, he may want to look into his, his stress levels, his stress levels, and then also what's he doing with his ejaculation and being more conscious about it. Okay. So what about for a woman with low libido? If her health is in order Mm -hmm. and she's not extremely unhealthy, then she needs to get her imagination involved. And that means cultivating fantasy. Mm -hmm. That means finding the thing which to her gets her feeling sexy. Maybe that's going out dancing and learning salsa dancing, getting her body physically involved and also getting close to people, Mm -hmm. physically close to people, which is not really great right now during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. And well, what do you mean close option? to people? Like if she's let's assume okay. that she's partnered and in a monogamous committed relationship. So what would be what do you mean by close to people? Like close to her partner? Um not necessarily. So it but it could be. So for example, as humans we're designed to connect. Mm-hmm. And um when we move through the world, it affirms that we are a attractive person that people like us and sometimes if we get really really isolated and we're not actually you know smiling at a stranger we're not having these light level flirtatious engagements and when I say flirtatious I don't mean seductive I don't mean that you're sitting there seducing people but when you're smiling at them when um, for example I'm going to use dancing Mm -hmm. social because I used to do I used to do Irish social dancing uh, Irish set dancing and it was, you would partner up and you would have four couples in a circle and you would dance around and switch partners and this and that. And believe me, there's nothing erotic about Irish dancing. Unlike- <laughs> That's what I was thinking, but I was going to go with it. You know, I'm like, okay, Freya knows what she's talking um, about. So, <laughs> Unlike, for example, salsa dancing, which is quite sensual. Yeah, right. Or the tango so, or... Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know... Yeah. But you know what though? You're, you're actually, you're in somebody else's arms. You're moving... Um, you're sweating, you're smiling at each other and you're having fun, your heart's beating faster and it creates this sort of social lubricant. That's why it's called social dancing. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes you naturally feel more connected. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, gotcha. if you wanna, and if you want to take it a step further, just go and do salsa dancing and, and see what happens to your body. Mm-hmm. It, it, it wakes it up. And um, if you don't want to go the physical route, for example, audio erotica is extremely arousing mm-hmm. um, if you find the right ones. And so is reading interesting and erotic stories. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I kind of thing. Just music in general. Like I have a playlist yeah. that reminds me of my husband. And I'll put that on sometimes. Well, like often when I'm angry at him, I'll put on the playlist. Right? <laughs> <laughs> because it make, it reminds me of all the good feelings I have about him, right? So it's it's learning some cues. There's a very um, well-known family therapist, couples therapist, who said that you need to go and do new and exciting things together as couples to keep your sex life fresh. And that can be all kinds of new and exciting things, like from skydiving to let's go to a new museum to let's take a vacation, like all this stuff. But his point was that when you're doing something that gets your heart rate up, right, then there is a bonding that goes on with your partner and that then that chemical bonding, I think you referred to that earlier, carries over to your sex life. Mm -hmm. And love feelings. 
It's funny you say that because I recommend when I work with a couple who is improving and when they do one of these um, workshops with me, they have homework and their homework is um, on a regular basis that they do something new together that is in the sexual world. So it's going to give them a new experience. And maybe that experience is learning, like, for example, going to a um, prostate massage workshop. Mm -hmm together. Now, they may not be into that in terms of neither one of them is is actually super interested in it, mm-hmm. but it's a but it's a new experience and it's in the sexual world. Yeah. Um yeah. the next the next month it might be going to a club or mm-hmm. a um maybe a nude beach if they're very 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 nervous, but somewhere where the two of them are stepping outside of their comfort zone learning something new, having exposure to a new thing. And then afterwards, you know, they got through it together. Now they can have conversations about it. Now they can say, well, I found this element. You know, I I really don't want to, you know, have sex with strangers, but I found this element really exciting or I thought what he was doing to her was pretty hot. I would love if you did that to me. Gotcha. So it gives gives them new things and, and a new repertoire and... When people just kind of sit there and be like, I just don't, you know, I just don't have any interest. Well, do something to piques your interest. Uh-huh. Okay. Actually, let's move this into the area of heretic hypnosis. Heretic, I think I said. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. <laughs> well, bringing this. That's actually a really good. I know, really right? Heretic. I love to write that down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to bring this back to erotic hypnosis, how do you work with someone? in terms of enhancing their pleasure during sex. So let's say they go out, they do all these exercises or they're stoking the fire and they're like, all right, I'm still struggling a little in the bedroom with doing this or with doing that. Like, how do you help them with erotic hypnosis? So there's a really, really big spectrum and it depends on how adventurous you are. And I'll start with the tamer things and then give some more examples um, that become more adventurous. And something very tame would be enhancing how much how erotic a certain activity is to you. So let's just say um, you like, it's okay when your husband goes down on you, but you're not that into it Mm -hmm. and he loves it. Like he, and he wants you to, (laughs) he's hoping you're going to love it as much as he does. And he wishes that he could orally pleasure you that way. But, but you can't like, there's something in your mind which doesn't let you relax and really go there when he's down between your legs. Yeah. So erotic hypnosis can help uh, get you into that mindset where not only are you perfectly capable of receiving, but the sensations themselves become more pleasurable. Oh, okay. So, so that what was, okay, yeah, this feels good is now, holy shit, this is incredibly hot and sexy and arousing. Mm. And it can go the other way too. So for example, um, if you want to become more aroused from giving oral sex to a, mm. uh, to a penis, then you can actually have orgasms from doing that. Mm-hmm. And depending on where the woman is, like she may uh, not even like having one in her mouth. Like it may be kind of gross to her. Okay. Well, you know, if you have a great partner and there's no reason, and I'm a big fan of not doing things that you don't want to do. Okay. So yeah, gotcha. if you don't, if you don't like, if you don't like giving oral sex and you don't want to give it, then don't. 
However, if you would prefer to do, be able to do it because you're like, God, I wish I could do that for my husband. He's so great. Um, I know he would love it if I did. And you don't have any reason not to, personal reason not to, mm-hmm. then why not enhance it for you so that you really get off doing it? Yes. Yeah. Much more right? fun, like a, right? If someone exactly. likes giving a blowjob or likes giving head or likes receiving both, but you get it on both sides, I think. Yeah. Of- because there's no fun in, in just disconnected servicing of a, of a partner. Like, Yeah, absolutely. That gets boring. Right? Like, what am I doing here? Yeah, <laughs> my job's getting not tired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is awful. Whatever, and then you fall into like you know the twice a year blowjobs, Christmas and birthday or whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that a lot of men talk about. Versus, yeah, but if you're but seeing, if you were seeking it out because you were feeling playful and and you knew that it was going to turn you on, then yeah, that would be a very very different situation. Absolutely, absolutely. So better for both of you. Yeah. So you're teaching, are you teaching self-hypnosis then to be able to get into that type of state or, well, it actually sounds like you're giving suggestions, like actual suggestions. You're doing hypnosis with them and giving suggestions that it is pleasurable for them. It is enjoyable. Yes. Yes. So there's that piece of it. And then is there a home piece where they're putting themselves (laughs) into a trance? Yes. When, when couples work with me, I like to give them tools to be able to do things on their own so that they're not dependent on me for the rest of their life every time they want to feel better about something. So I will teach them how to actually condition each other's bodies and condition their own bodies to pleasure because you can do direct hypnosis and that's immediate. That's really fast. It works right away. Um, And you can hypnotize somebody to have orgasms from something. Or you can put the time and the work and the effort in and over a period of time, you can condition somebody's body to do the same thing. So it's, it's two different routes to get to the same result. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. And that's, um, you know what? It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's not like there's a problem with it taking longer. It just depends on which route you want to go there. Yes. And yeah. And I do want to point out for the listeners that this is all consent based. So very much. So. Yeah, very much. So. I don't think Freya or I, I don't do a whole lot of, of erotic hypnosis because um, people generally come in for other stuff for me. But I would say that n- neither one of us would ever consent to hypnotizing someone to orgasm who isn't consenting to that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's no place for coercion in a healthy relationship. And, and actually I will say I have a lot of people that come to me that I turn down because I don't agree with what they're saying. Like a common one, a common one is actually men who are down the road of some degree of porn addiction. And so they contact me and they want me to work with their wives so that they want to turn her into some sort of pornographic fantasy so that she's, you know, always wanting and oh, she'll geez. do all these things and she'll yeah. do that. I'm like, in what world do you think I would ever do that? Yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah, big difference. Um, d- speaking of porn addiction, do you work with porn addiction with oh, yeah. hypnosis? Yeah, it's, that, it's, it's really common. And it's, um, it's not pure hypnosis. It's a bunch of things because yeah. you have to get at, the re- at what they're doing. Like, what are you using porn to escape from? Uh-huh. And I figure out what's driving the addiction beyond just the chemicals. Cause of course, you know, it feels good. Like it's pinging all the hot chemicals in the brain, but you know, why are you going down this route rather than going down the real life route and something more productive? So 
Absolutely. Hypnosis is involved with it. Yeah. I, I, uh, I work with sex and love addiction and often sex addiction, people automatically think people, but more often than not, it's porn because really sex and love addiction is intimacy disorder. So Mm -hmm. um, it's hard for them to actually connect and trust and, and have sexual pleasure with that person versus someone they've objectified or um, porn is, you know, complete objectification, right? There's no connection there, all of that. So I would agree with you. Hypnosis is just one tool in that toolbox to help delay a urge to act out or to help delay um, that feeling or to help shift a feeling state that's going on in the person. Mm-hmm. So to like move that up one level, um, another way that erotic hypnosis can be used is for fantasy. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there are experiences that people would like to have, which, you know, they're very sexy in their mind, um, but it's not something that would really work for them in their lives, whether it's because they're in a monogamous relationship or whether because it's not safe or not really realistic. Mm-hmm. You can use hypnosis to experience the eroticism of that fantasy without the danger of the real life experience. Mm. And for and I'll I'll give two examples. Of yeah, that. I was going to um, say, could you give an example? Because like, yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, I'll give a few a few actually. So one that is really really common. Um, a lot of men like the idea of being excuse my language um, fucked up the ass by their wife okay. or a woman or something like this, but they, they don't really want that. But the idea to them is very titillating. And, and also I'll say the uh, prostate is analogous to the female G spot. Mm-hmm. So it can feel tremendously good to a man to have that, that stimulated. Now um, if you were to just, you know, take something and shove it up there and do it that way, it would probably hurt. It wouldn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it also, you know, in the real life context, it may be kind of dangerous. So instead, if you can give him the energetic dynamic of her taking him and her asserting this pleasure onto him and he in his mind, you know, he's taking it Mm, versus usually she's taking it, right? Because she's receiving him and he's thrusting up into her. Mm -hmm. Now that shifts around and he becomes this receiver of something He's taking it from her. And now she she can use whatever she wants, whether she wants to use a toy skillfully, please skillfully so that you don't hurt him, uh-huh. um, or, you know, a gloved finger, right? Because you can be very careful with that and, and very uh, dexterous. And you get him into the right state where he's experiencing that thing and he can have some of the most powerful orgasms of his life. Mm-hmm. That way, again, because in that mode, he can let go. And, and fully surrender to that experience of being taken yeah. and, and receiving. And that's something that's actually quite, you know, a lot of men don't get to receive. Yes. Yeah. If, if they're stuck in this sort of, you know, stereotypical, okay, it's a missionary a couple times a week and, you know, uh-huh. you go through this thing. So this is just, you know, it's not like you have to do this all the time, but it's an interesting way to change things. Um, another one would be eroticizing parts of the body. So let's just say, you have a partner who has a, a foot fetish or a fetish for your bum or your ears or, or something. Now, 
instead of thinking, oh, he, he wants to kiss my feet again. Okay, this is kind of gross. I'll let him do it. Maybe I'll close my eyes and let him sort of <laughs> rub himself on my feet. But, you know, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know what? Years ago, I, I was married to somebody who had a foot fetish, and I, it was weird to me. Uh-huh. And the funny thing is now, I use hypnosis to sensitize people's feet to be highly erotic to the person with the feet. So uh-huh. um, a woman whose husband has a foot fetish or or not, whatever, it, she I, can, I hypnotize her feet um, so that when her toes are touched and massaged, she feels that sensation in her pussy. Uh. And she gets aroused and she gets turned on from having her foot touched and massaged and rubbed, which is great if you have somebody who loves feet. Because, yes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm saying that can be dangerous, right? <laughs> like you can be careful with that one. <laughs> I, you know what? I did that to somebody before we went to go get pedicures uh-huh. and it was hilarious. I just have to say it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so the sky and the sky is the limit. You know, I mm-hmm. use that one specific example, but it's you can do example, anything with that. People are like, you know, I, I think when I first heard about that, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, you could eroticize a body part. And obviously people think about breasts, right? Like, oh, when you touch a breast or yep. this, when you touch nipples, male or female, non-binary, we don't have to define it here. But when you touch nipples, then that's a natural erotic zone for people. That's easily understandable. Yes. But then when you start moving it around, that gets really interesting. So, Well, in my early days of of classroom exploration, because, um, you know, when I did my hypnosis training, I did normal hypnosis training. I didn't go and and do erotic hypnosis training. I just Mm -hmm. took what I learned and brought it into the erotic field. So uh, after class, we would be hanging out. And what I would do often is I would not often. I did it a few times with a, few, a couple of people. Um, we would take the hand and use hypnosis to eroticize a part of the hand so that different things would happen. So for example, one thing, um, and, and imagine, just think of the possibilities with this. Imagine you do this and then you go out for dinner with your partner and your partner's finger, um, when you stroke and you rub it, they actually feel it on their penis. Mm-hmm. Or if you're gripping your, your, um, their thumb, if you kind of hold their thumb, it feels like you're fondling their balls. And, and they feel that. That can be extremely playful and erotic. Or if it's a woman you, and you twist the finger one way gently, it feels like you're doing that to her nipples. Oh. So you can, be, you can be playing all evening just by holding each other's hands. Yeah. I mean, yeah. about how to break that. Like what if you have to go to work next day? And someone wants to shake your hand. Oh, you can you can say it only works with one person. Okay, great. Say, <laughs> that's what was running yeah. through my head. I'm like, I'm not eroticizing my hands. <laughs> Again, yes. now that we're touching anyone these days, but you know, it's like Well, okay. yeah, you could say only for only with a certain so person. You, you can say it. only for a certain yeah. time period. Ah. Uh, you could say just for just for one hour uh-huh. or for tonight. Uh-huh. Um some of the some of the clients that I have, males who want to experience themselves in a woman's body, uh-huh. it will be just for the hour. Or uh, for example, one guy I know who would sometimes go work at a hotel for the weekend, uh-huh. I would give him the female body for the weekend. Uh-huh. And, he would, and he would spend the weekend as a woman. And he would feels like a woman. Yeah. So his body was recoded so that his he felt the weight of the breasts on his chest. Uh-huh. Um, now, 
And, and we made it very specific to him. And, and okay. I'll just say that he was far more sexually sensitive than any woman I've ever met. But, uh-huh. um, but in his mind, that was very erotic. Okay, so you know that, what's that's popping, what he wanted. Popping to mind when you're talking about this is you know, the, the sexual arousal model that really uses like breaks in gas, right? So some people have very strong breaks, like anything will turn them off right? Like the, the person mm-hmm. can say the wrong thing and, oh, it's done. I'm out of it. I'm out of the mood. Forget it. No more sex. Right. And then some people have very sensitive gas pedals, meaning anything will turn them on pretty much. And then we have all the in-between, okay, where there, that really is a whole scale. What I'm hearing when you're talking about this is can you change somewhat someone's brakes and gas pedal? Like, could you recode? Yes. Yeah, to where yes. someone yes. has, let's say, a more reliable gas pedal. What I find easier, because I've thought about that a lot, and what I find more effective is actually if you create a, between hypnotists, I'm calling it an ego state. Okay. But you're creating an aspect of their personality, which is actually like a like a sex. You can call it a sex goddess. You can call it mm-hmm. somebody who's very responsive. Because with people who have very strong gas pedals, there are reasons not to get turned on by everything. Absolutely. Like yes. if you yes. if you're sitting there with four kids in church, distra- It doesn't make any sense to be distracted by your erotic fantasies. Oh yeah, no, that can get a whole nother area, right? Then they're in my office for a different so, yeah. reason. If that happens. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like guilt, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm going it. to confession. I'm going totally. to confession every day and I like it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. So, so, um, what I would do is create or have them access an aspect of their personality, which is highly erotic. And I would have them decide how sensitive, how responsive, how creative, how willing they want to be because, and then mm-hmm. they would choose when they shift into that. And some people will say, oh, my goddess is coming out. Or, oh, I've, you know, depending on what the person yeah. is like, oh, I've, I've, I've slipped into my, my inner whore. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I don't like that term. Like alter yeah, ego. I don't like that terminology. But exactly. And it is an alter ego, but it's, it's still you. Everything yeah. is aspects of you. Yes, integrated, and, we'll say. It's not like you're losing yeah. consciousness and moving into the state. You're deciding like, oh, yeah, I think this is a nice time to bring out, you know, um, my inner goddess. Yeah, my inner sex yeah, goddess, because- not just my goddess, my inner sex goddess. Because she does not want to be the one making the decisions at work. Mm-hmm. Because if she was, you know, you'd be seducing your boss and, and everything else and bringing your toys to work and playing under the table. That's not appropriate. Yeah. But if you want to be super responsive and playful and fun on date night with your partner, mm-hmm. or if you want to feel, if you're single and you want to feel totally confident and seductive and able to make decisions instead of having being like, well, you know, if he's pressuring me into sex, I'm going to do it. No, you're, you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it because he wants you to. Mm-hmm. If you decide it's a good idea, then yeah, you're going to do it. But you can also just as easily decide, hey, this is not for me tonight. Yeah, yeah. So you really, really get in tune with that part of your personality. And that means when you're in this time frame, she's the one making the decisions, not the one that is, you know, uptight. Uh, with hangups and all kinds of judgments and all, oh God, no, that's gross. No, you're accessing the one who's playful, interested, curious, and you can develop that part of yourself as well. Mm-hmm. 
in that, um, for example, sometimes there are people who who want to tune into their inner feminine if it's a man. Okay. And he's like, you know what? There's a part of me I feel is really feminine. And, you know, I don't want to give up my, my life and my marriage and all this, but I would like to access that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Erotic hypnosis is a safe way. Got it. Got it. So are there other ways that we haven't really gotten to that you use erotic hypnosis? Yes. Uh, one way, which is actually really beautiful, I think, is for people who physically have limitations where they can't experience the type of intimacy that they would like to. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for example, um, sometimes people who are in a lot of pain will commission a story. Mm. And the story is, it's not just a story. It's it's actually a hypnotic story. So they go into trance mm-hmm. and then they go through, they get led through this experience and in those moments, in that time frame where they're listening to it, they're not experiencing any pain. They get to have a very intense and vivid um, erotic experience, mm-hmm. and they get to feel connection. Ah. But, you know, in real life, they may be wheelchair-bound or, um, you know, in a home or, uh-huh. or very old and very lonely because they're, part, they're looking after an ill partner. So there's a lot of potential in terms of what you can experience or the two of you can listen to it together. Like I've crafted stories for, I'm calling them stories, they're hypnotic in nature so that you go into a trance uh-huh. and experience something really specific, but for couples to listen to at the same time. Fascinating. When they're, Fascinating. Yeah, when their bodies aren't doing the things that they wish their bodies could do, their minds can go there together. Uh-huh. I had read this, I don't remember where I read it, where it was like someone who had lost bodily function, right? They were paraplegic. And their point was that they learned how to orgasm with their mind, right? So they still have the intense pleasure of orgasm, but it was not bodily connected. It just reminded me of that. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yes, you can have orgasms from anywhere. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it doesn't we, have to be gen- genital friction. Right. We tend to just fully able-bodied people tend to actually limit ourselves thinking it's just genitals, right? But that's not the case well, at all. It's not the case at all. And actually, um, I know that we've run out of time, but this is a really, really important thing. People think that your sex life declines when you age and when your body is no longer, let's just say, as procreatively functional. And this just not true. All that happens is that your body changes. It doesn't mean that your erotic decreases or that you feel less or that you're less capable of having sensuality and pleasure. Mm -hmm. I I think it actually goes up because you're less focused on performance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently that's what the studies say that, you know, Mm -hmm. the elderly are having a lot of sex, right? (laughs) Like there has to be a reason for that. It's not procreation, right? (laughs) It's hopeful for all of us. Yeah. Very hopeful. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, even at 50, there's positions I can't do anymore that I did in my 20s. Of course. You know? <laughs> it's like, all right, that one's just <laughs> off the table. Sorry, honey. You know? <laughs> just not that flexible anymore. Got to do a little more yoga. Um, but yeah, to speak to your point, it's that we change with age. And I think our interests and our, our turn-ons change with age as well. And how we gain pleasure, how we achieve pleasure, how we receive pleasure. So it's not all about achievement changes as well. And we can explore different ways. I think we were talking another day about how 
women are way more auditory than men in general. A story will turn them on, something that they hear or sounds will turn them on much more so than a visual. And so that's a fascinating thing that you do is let me offer stories, right? Mm, I'm, I'm actually writing a collection now and I've, I've just started. I've got a few out and I'm going to be adding to it. And the point of it is to bring the erotic into every day. Uh-huh. Because you can you can move through your world every day and not see or feel or think anything erotic. Okay. But you or you can move through the same situations and your imagination can create all kinds of interesting, sexy, fun, playful scenarios and your body will respond to what your mind is telling it. Okay. So like you were and talking that, about earlier, yeah. like stoking the fires. Yeah. The way to it stoke is stoking the, the fires. fires. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Where did where did they find that? On your website or on uh, yeah, it's on my, it's on my website under um, it's either discover I believe discover or explore, uh-huh. and then there's a u r a l oral. Okay, got and, it. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to make that distinction when you work a lot with sex, yes. right? <laughs> That's great. Well, fantastic. This has been a fascinating conversation. I just want to tell you. We're coming to the end of our time though. Can you please let people know how to contact you if they'd like to ask you a question or work with you or um, see any of your stuff that you have online? Yeah, the best way to get in touch with me is to go to www.thesensualist.org. And uh, there's a contact form there if you want to send me a message or there's also a little button if you want to send me a message on Messenger, which is not as good as sending me a real message. Uh-huh. <laughs> good uh, yeah. Well, just because you know what, I, like uh, you get all these messages coming in from messenger and I don't have time to chat all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I can respond to emails properly. Yes. So that's really the best way to get in touch with me. Great. And you have the podcast conversation, nighttime conversations with Steve and Freya. Yes, I've got that podcast and there's actually a link on my website to it. So on my website, um, there's what I do. There's the erotic hypnosis. There is the consulting for sexual problems. There's a link to the podcast and there's also a link to um, a erotic story section. Oh, fantastic. mm -hmm. Great. Well, thank you again for being on. Thanks for having me. truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.